0: Scripture reading for this morning comes from Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. I'll be reading from the NIV. Hebrews 12:1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. theme of the service has been remembering and so uh, my message this morning is right in line with that it's remembering uh, and there was a biblical scholar who put a spiritual truth very creatively saying God gives and forgives whereas men get and forget it's very true I think we whether we recognize it or not, death is something that is kind of the, the ultimate fear, the ultimate uh, struggle that we have to not only understand it, uh, but to be able to accept it, and particularly uh, where we don't know what will come and when it will come. There are a couple of different responses that we have. One is a sort of... Uh, just don't talk about it approach, a silence about death. We don't ever bring it up. And then you have the other extreme, which is this sort of obsessive preoccupation with it, where we talk about it all the time. Um, and one of the, the uh, I think, really, truly sad things about uh, many of the TV shows and, and movies that are very popular dealing with death is that it tends to diminish the significance of it, trivialize it in some ways, um, and I don't know how anyone can truly trivialize it without getting further away from God. It's a very real issue, but it is also an issue that Jesus dealt with squarely and intentionally and very clearly taught his disciples about it and taught us to be able to be prepared uh, for that. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, it says, Since the children of flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is The devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Now we are entering a new year. We hope for better things. We hope for um, presence with each other in a different way. We we hope for uh, a change from the fears and uncertainty of this pandemic but uh, the reality is that we have been given the tools and the peace to be able to be ready for any year and any situation and we're called to remember now I know that if we were to share some stories here this morning of some of the family stories that we've We've talked and shared this grieving of the loss of family. I would guess collectively there are literally thousands of stories you could tell. Some of them incredibly funny and humorous. Others perhaps more painful. But what happens when people gather? Everybody loves a good story, right? Everybody loves to share that story. And part of it is that the function of the story is that we remember back, maybe to a time that was better, maybe to a time that was brighter or more hopeful. Maybe it was humorous, but even if it was humorous, it was usually for the function of bringing us joy. And we remember those stories. Most families have certain ones. And you tell them and retell them, and sometimes they're pretty accurate to how they were told 20 years ago, <laughs> and sometimes they keep growing, and they get exaggerated, and they get to be bigger than perhaps they were, or they remember it differently. Uh, and uh, there, there's a, a a story of one day I was walking through the living room and one of the kids came downstairs and I didn't know he was there and he walked around the corner and part of it is my lack of vision in one eye but other you know sometimes it's just I startle easily this story went from me jumping and I will admit I jumped and later versions of the story would include me jumping up in the air. I'm going to go straight to the extreme because it evolved and evolved. Uh, dropping to the floor and doing 10 burpees and, and then propping up and running, sprinting across the living room floor into the bedroom. It just keeps getting exaggerated. But folks, these stories are important. Our memories are important, and one of the saddest things in life is when someone loses the capacity of memory. We know that with any kind of dementia or alzheimer's that's a sad thing to lose that because they're so much a part of who we are. Those stories tell us things that remind us of days and experiences that were that were very positive and were were Uplifting, uh, or you know, life-changing. Sometimes stories of of going to a uh, to a, a youth camp or something where we made a decision for Christ. Those are powerful stories that we can tell and that have an impact on us. Four things to remember this morning. We move through these very quickly. The first is this: we and we see it all through Scripture. Remember where we came from that we're called to remember where we came from because memory and remembering is a function of obedience and teaching we see this for the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 8 I'll just read that passage uh, in from Deuteronomy 8 starting at verse 1 be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on and on oath to your ancestors remember how the Lord your God led you all the way into the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order that you may know to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years, Remember that. That's what he, there's, he's the, is being t- said here very clearly. Remember all the things that how God blessed you and provided for you. Your, um, know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. Remembering these commandments, remembering what is our history, remembering what we came out of, remembering what we were saved from, remembering what was back there, remembering where we came from. John MacArthur says that for the Hebrews to remember meant much more than simply to bring something to mind. To truly remember is to go back in one's mind and recapture as much of the reality and significance of the event or experience as one possibly can. To remember Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross is to relive with him his life, his agony, his suffering, his death, as much as is humanly possible. We remember his once for all sacrifice for us and dedicate ourselves to his obedient service. In keeping the memory alive, we keep commitment alive. Unless we are intentional, we lose our memories, we lose our commitment, and we lose our way. Secondly, remember where we are going there are four words that rec- re- uh, represent the the ultimate goal of heaven the first is permanence the second perfection the third people when we think of all those gathered there and and the uh, the um uh the fourth one is praise when we think about all of the praising that will be going on and we think about the possibility of being able to sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, and to be able to sing that with Jesus right beside us will be an incredible experience. So remember where we're going and remember who we're following is the third part of it. We, we want to remember uh, who it is that we follow. And uh, to remember that Jesus is at the center. And Doug and we we sang this song. He made reference to the song "Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus." And when we think about this passage that was read, we think about these verses that that Jesus uh, that Paul is is actually saying to the to the people uh, and to all of us uh, that we're to fix our eyes on the prize fix our eyes on jesus he says let us run with perseverance the race marked out fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god we know that there is a place jesus told us there is a place prepared for us uh, and we know that that place uh, is provided as a part of the gift of God's grace. Uh, there was uh, there was a lady that was considered to be crazy, um, and everyone knew it because she had this habit of talking to herself in public. And she was known that it was known that she believed she even talked to Jesus, and that Jesus talked back to her. And so a new preacher came to town, and hearing of this crazy woman, thought that he might be able to help make her faith reality, right? So one day he saw her walking down the street, and he spoke to her, and uh, got around to asking her, I, I hear you talk to Jesus. Yes, she replied, Jesus and I talked for hours and hours. Uh, w- would you do me a favor? The minister began. Could you ask him something for me? Why, well, of course, the old woman responded. Would you ask Jesus what is the last sin that I confessed to Him? Certainly, she replied. The next day, the preacher saw her just down the street. He approached her and said, "Well, did you talk to Jesus last night? Why, surely I did." She squealed. "What did He say? Was what was what did He say was the last sin that I confessed to Him?" The preacher was kind of smirking as he asked this. She smiled as she replied why he said he didn't remember. We remember who it is that we're to follow. We remember for the sake of keeping our eyes fixed in the right direction and keeping our lives moving in the right direction. But Jesus doesn't remember our sins He remembers what he did for us and he remembers that as we turn our heart and our eyes to him, he will lead and offer so much grace that he doesn't even remember the last sin that we confessed. In John 8, it says, when Jesus spoke to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And finally, we understand that from this passage that we are surrounded. It says in that first verse, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. What does that mean? Does it mean we're actually, that there's, there's people surrounding us all the time? Um, the reality when Paul talked a lot about the tent was... Realizing that there was something spiritual uh, that was, was a realm that we don't see. But if, in fact, there is a place for us, we recognize. And, and this passage uh, is talked about in Hebrews where they've listed all of the things that all of the great leaders of faith and and all of the people that have gone before us. And this great cloud of witnesses basically is referring to those who have gone before us, and that's what we had a service of remembrance today, people that went before us. And maybe we don't think about it, but I'll tell you this. For the ability of God to surround us, and I don't have time today, but I'll just tell you one of the most amazing passages to me that speaks to this is Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, Second Kings chapter 6 where it talks about Elisha and the king of Aram was really getting angry because every time that he would go to attack the king of Israel, Elisha would prophesy and tell the king of Israel, don't go there because he's gonna be there waiting for you. And so every time he would do that, he, they, they missed out. They, were, they would avoid the armies of, of Aram. And the king of Aram got so mad that he said, you go find this guy. Go find him. And he sent a large and one of the strongest forces of his army, he sent. And here you have Elisha waking up in the morning or his servant got up first. His servant gets up, he walks outside and there's the armies of Aram encamped around them. You know what uh, Elisha does? Elisha gets up and I have this image of him yawning, stretching, and scratching his belly. That's the, that's the image. I, I don't know why that at all. I always thought about that. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay, what's up, you know? And he goes, look, we're surrounded, you know, and the servant is is very concerned. And Elisha said, prays to God and said, "Ask God to open the servant's eyes. And when the servant's eyes are opened, and then Elisha says, there are far more encamped around us. Because when he opened his eyes, he could see chariots of, of fire and angels gathered around Elisha where they were at in numbers that way overwhelmed anything that the king of Aram's army. Now you can read the rest of that story. It's fascinating because uh, uh, the the eyes of all that army that's around there were blinded and and it, it's an interesting story. The point here is this. We are surrounded. We pray for angels around cars. We pray for angels in situations. We pray for God's ministry of his angels to us many times in many situations that we don't know how it's going to work out. We hold on to that. So it isn't just those who have passed before us. It's also the army of angels that God provides for us. We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And because of that, we don't have to fear. And we can wake up like Elisha did with absolutely no raised blood pressure and not under stress. Calm as could be in saying, uh, yeah, but you know, look around again cuz they're there. And and it's not a guarantee of what will happen, but we know that God will be with us and that we will be surrounded. I would just uh close by sharing um we we often don't think of this because we often don't see it. And especially here in the pandemic, it's very sad that many people have passed without their family being able to entirely surround them. But um, there, was a, uh, there was a great preacher that, um, that someone knew um, by the name of Lee Carter Maynard. He was in his 90s when he died. His secretary sat by his bed and wrote down his last words. He said, I see it. It's beautiful. Do you see it? And he died. Billy Graham wrote that when his grandmother died, she sat straight up in bed and said, I see Jesus. His hand is outstretched to me. And there's Ben, and he has two legs and two eyes. And then she died. Billy Graham went on to explain that Ben, the Ben she mentioned, had been her husband, Billy's grandfather, who had lost an eye and a leg in the Battle of Gettysburg and she saw him many other stories some weeks ago we shared in our class stories of uh, similar to this where people in their closing time after being in a coma or or non-responsive for a long period of time suddenly opened their eyes and were looking at something intently and even a facial expression of a smile and they passed it is a very real thing. The words of scripture give us the assurance that the kingdom of God is a kingdom that is there for us. So we need to remember and to choose grace and forgiveness over control and forgetting. Choose thankfulness over complaining and ungratefulness. Choose to proclaim the victory over fear and doubt and choose to praise God that we are surrounded remember where you came from remember where we're going remember who we are following and remember that we are surrounded amen